Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And good morning. Welcome. It is the 29th today. Nice to have you guys with us. It is raining outside here. It's 77 degrees, and it's coming down pretty good. In fact, I looked at the uh, weather forecast for rest of today. It's rain, rain, rain. Tomorrow, rain, 60% chance. Friday, 50% chance. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> 70 to 80% chance of rain. It's 77 degrees outside, and I look at the temperature what it feels like and says it feels like 77 degrees outside interestingly enough it's still going to warm up to 86 even though it's going to be raining all day go figure that so with that said nice to have you all with us today and as you can see we are in the book of psalms and uh don't let second samuel fool you there because what that is second samuel chapter 22 is really a psalm of david in Second Samuel. So we could, these are all Psalms of David. So we're going to be looking at the Psalms of, of David this morning. So let's go ahead and, oh, I, you know what? Let's do a dad joke or two. I decided not to do uh, this day in history, uh, this day trivia history, because it just wasn't much there that I found interesting. But I did find a good dad joke or two. Why were the salmon's feelings hurt? Because his friends only did nice things for the halibut. <laughs> okay, no, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that joke. It's not that clean. Not that nice. Let's try, see if we can do another one. Well, we'll do a quote from Albert Einstein, <laughs> which is close to a dead joke. Two things are infinite in the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not completely sure about the universe. So true. So true. Wise man. Let's move over to our reading for today. Father God, thank you for this morning and blessing us in this opportunity. We can come before your throne and listen to your words. Guide us as we look into these things. We desire to understand the heart of David, the intent of your Holy Spirit, the intent, God, that you had for these things to be written down, that we might be drawn closer to you and be directed in our walk, and become stewards of all that you've given us, God, and understanding of your words, able to not only hear them, but also learn and put in practice the things that we learn. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 38. This is a prayer of a suffering penitent, is the title it says here. A Psalm of David for a memorial. O Lord, rebuke me, not in your wrath, or chasten me, not in your burning anger. For your arrows have sunk deep into me, and your hand has pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me. 
My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over and greatly bowed down. I go mourning all day long, for my loins are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am benumbed and badly crushed. I groan because of the agitation of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my singing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, even that has gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my kinsmen stand far off. Those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek to injure me have threatened destruction, and they devise treachery all day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. I am like a mute man who does not open his mouth. Yes, I am like a man who does not hear, and in whose mouth are no arguments. For I hope in you, O Lord, you will answer me, O my Lord. For I said, may they not rejoice over me. Woe when my foot slips would magnify themselves against me. Woe when my foot slips would magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I confess my iniquity, and I am full of anxiety because of my sin. But my enemies are vigorous and strong, and many are those who hate me wrongfully, and those who repay evil for good. They oppose me because I follow what is good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. (laughs) Beautiful um, honesty of David evaluating himself and acknowledging the sin that's in himself. Where, what was he going through at this time? Don't know. Was he running from Saul then? Was he running from his son Absalom then? Or was it after the sin of Bathsheba? Uh, something was really weighing him down. And yet he had enemies all around. And he doesn't blame shift. He doesn't say, I am in this situation because of you, God, and you're letting all these enemies attack me. He's simply acknowledging that he has issues in his life and problems. And he himself is taking responsibility for his own sin. And in the midst of everything else, it's coming hard against him. But yet he cries out to God. Look at the beauty of what he does here. He says, make haste and help me, O Lord, my salvation. He knows God's good. He knows he's a sinner. He acknowledges sin. This is so important if you want to be right with God and you want to be built up with God for the choir director Psalm 41 a Psalm of David how blessed is he who considers the helpless the Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble the Lord will protect him and help him alive and he shall be called blessed upon the earth and do not give him over to the desire of his enemies the Lord will sustain him Upon his sickbed, in his illness, you restore him to health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil against me. When will he die and his name perish? And when he comes to see me and speaks falsehood, his heart gathers wickedness to itself. And then he goes outside and tells it, All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me... They devised my hurt, saying, A wicked thing is poured out upon him, 
and when he lies down, he will not rise up again. Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, who lifted up his heel, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. But this I know, that you are pleased with me, because my enemy does not shout in triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity, and you set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Psalm 42. Thirsting for God in trouble and exile. For the choir director, a mascot of the sons of Korah. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festivals. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord has commanded his loving kindness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night. Verse 9, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do you go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him and help my countenance in my God. So, last psalm, not actually of David, but of the sons of Korah, and the one before of David, again praising God, um, acknowledging God's goodness, his victory over his enemies, but also acknowledging his sin. And the other one is, so both of the all these psalms really address an issue that we all fall into, and that's a depression. Why so downcast, my soul? Put your hope in God. He's, the psalmist speaks to himself, which is important to do because we have to take every thought captive. When we go down that hole, and we have to take those thoughts captive, and you have to look at it, and you have to say, why am I feeling so down? Why am I feeling so bad? And it's because usually our mind is running away on something that is not really where the Lord wants us to dwell on. Put your hope in God. Put your faith and your trust in God, and think about what he's doing in your life. This is the, the admonition of the psalmist here. And... Um, and he'll bless you. So yes, there's heavy things that go on in our life that will bring you down, no doubt. Some things you have to deal with because they <laughs> require it. Absolutely. But to dwell on them is a different thing.
um, this is it's it's good counsel because it's an acknowledgement. The psalmist David all had really really emotionally down days, and they knew it. They acknowledged it, and they realized a lot of it had to do with themselves being sinners. A lot of it had to do with them not trusting in God, and so they acknowledged it. And they prayed, and they, you know, and the, basically the prayers, God, don't abandon me even here. I'm reaching out, and, and so much of it, they talk out to themselves. I'm here, I feel like I'm, you know, you failed me, but then they admit that God is good, and God, you know, you've allowed my enemies to come against me, but God, I know that you'll not allow them to overwhelm me. I, I praise you because they haven't won yet. We know we're in the battle, but we know that they are not going to, be victorious and so we go through all this in our minds we take the thoughts captive and we say you know what i know where i'm going i know who my god is i know what he's done for me i know i'm forgiven by grace so i'm going to put my open god i'm going to trust him and we start directing our mind back to the throne room i always love one of david's psalms where he says you know i was i was really really down at my own words i was really down and depressed until until I thought about God's holy temple till I went into the presence of the Lord and started worshiping. That changed everything for David. That was David's cure-all. And uh, no doubt that's why he brought in the tabernacle, why he brought the Ark of the Covenant um, to Jerusalem, to be near him, so that he could go in before God and worship there and then receive the strength and the forgiveness and the healing he needed. Well, Second Samuel 22, we're going to continue now with really a psalm of David. This is David's psalm of deliverance. It's even classified as a psalm in Second Samuel 22. Verse 1, And David spoke the words of this song to the Lord in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, the cords of Sheol surrounded me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God, and from his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry for help came unto his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of heaven were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils. Fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens and also, and he came down with thick darkness under his feet. And he rode on a cherub and flew. And he appeared on the wings of the wind. And he made darkness canopies around him. A mass of waters, thick clouds of the sky. And from the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning, and routed them. Then the channels of the sea appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. By the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of his breath and of his nostrils, he sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, 
He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, from they who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, and he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not acted wickedly against my God. For all his ordinances were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless towards him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness before his eyes. With the kind you shall show yourself kind. With the blameless you shall show yourself blameless. With the pure you show yourself pure. With the perverted you show yourself astute. And you save an afflicted people. But your eyes are on the haughty whom you abase. For you are my lamp, O Lord. And the Lord illumines my darkness. For by you I can run upon a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is a rock besides our God? God is my strong fortress. He sets the blameless in his way. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me on high places. He trains my hand for battle so that my arm can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your help makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me and my feet have not slipped. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and did not turn back until they were consumed. And I have devoured them and shattered them so that they did not rise. And they fell under my feet, for you have girded me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also made my enemies turn their backs to me, and I destroyed those who hated me. They looked, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I pulverized them as the dust of the earth. I crushed and stamped them as the mire of the streets. You also have delivered me from the contention of my people. You have kept me as the head of the nations. A people whom I have not known serve me. Foreigners pretend obedience to me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners lose heart and they come trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be God, the rock of my salvation, the God who exalts vengeance for me and brings down peoples under me who also brings me out from my enemies and even lift me above those who raise up against me and rescue me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. He is a tower of deliverance to his king. He shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David, his descendants, forever. Beautiful. When David starts writing, boy, he just keeps going. He just keeps worshiping. You see these kind of um, crescendos and these meditative pauses, and then he focuses on God's goodness, coming against his enemies and deliverance, and then he focuses back on God's goodness, and then he focuses at times on his own sin. But in this psalm, 
He really is is glorifying God. This isn't the depressed David in the other song that's feeling really down and defeated. This is, this is, uh, or abandoned. This is a God, this is David when he knows that God has lifted him up to a pres- to a position of leadership over the entire nations and God has, has um, gone before him and won the battles and fought for him. And he's praising and rejoicing and giving God the glory for all that he's done in his life. David here is taking his thoughts captive. He is directing them in the right way, thinking the right way. And it's as if David, once he thinks of one thing, then it reminds him of something else, and it reminds him of something else. He almost, it almost seems like the psalm's going to end two or three times, but then he picks it back up again and continues to praise and to worship God. It's very, very beautiful. Charles Spurgeon now, invitation to pray. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. God encourages us to pray. They tell us that prayer is a pious exercise which has no influence except upon the mind engaged in it. We know better. Our experience gives the lie a thousand times over to this infidel assertion. Here, Jehovah, the living God, distinctly promises to answer the prayer of his servant. Let us call upon him again and admit no doubt upon the question of his hearing us and answering us. He that made the ear, shall he not hear? He that gave parents a love to their children, will he not listen to the cries of his own sons and daughters? God will answer his pleading people in their anguish. He has wonders in store for them. What they have never seen, heard of, or dreamed of, he will do for them. He will invent new blessings if needful. He will ransack sea and land to feed them. He will send every angel out of heaven to succor them if their distress requires it. He will astound us with his grace and make us feel that it was never before done in this fashion. All he asks of us is that we will call upon him. He cannot ask less of us. Let us cheerfully render him our prayers at once. And I think the reason why so many of us like Charles Spurgeon is because he does write like David. He does write in the, he writes the truth and worships God in it while he's writing it. He's not just making statements of theology, which he does, it's very theological what he writes, but as he's writing it, he is worshiping God and we you're, you're drawn into it, and you see, yes, this is the God we serve. He's such a wonderful, powerful, amazing God of grace that he would invent new graces to give to us if he ever was to run out of what was available. And he's the kind of God who has everything to give us, more than we could ever think or ask for, and it's all there. All he asks is that we call upon him and that we trust him and we put our hope in him. Why are you so downcast, my soul? Put your hope in God because he has these blessings for you and his mercies are new every morning. And he draws you up out of this and he, he sets you up on a high place and he defends you and he sets your feet on, uh, hinds feet on high places. Great book, by the way. Um, he, he plants you there, gives you strength in rocky 
places in your life in very difficult situations. And so we are to look at that. We say, thank you, Father, and um, allow our countenance to be lifted up by us choosing to trust him and love him and follow him, to yield to him and not to just stay focused on our own situation, which is bringing us down. Let's be very mindful of that if we can today. And on a rainy day where everybody can sometimes get a little down. But uh, be focusing on that today. And let's do give him praise and glory for what he is doing. So, Father, thank you for the beauty of these psalms that we're reading, the encouragement we receive from them, and the understanding that there's... The men in the Bible were no different than us. They had their good days, their bad days, but they... They always, always came to the same conclusion that you're a good God and that you care for your people, that you desire to bring us, Father, into beautiful places to bless us un, uh, without measure. You, you have more for us than, than our minds can even wrap our, our thoughts around. So thank you for those things. Thank you for blessing us. And in that, God, we want to remember for the people around us that have situations that are more difficult than ours. We want to take our eyes off ourselves and think about those that need our attention and prayer. So we do think about our brothers and sisters that have cancer and lift them up, Father, because you love them. It's not your desire, really, for them to have it. It's a result of living in this world. But we do ask, God, that you would be continually touching them, healing them. So oftentimes, God, you have... Your healing touch is uh, a process so that we might then learn a lot more, like David did through those trials, to put our trust in you, that you can be glorified even through our times of suffering. So we pray for that, but we do pray that you bring it to a conclusion, that you continue to heal and touch and make whole, especially um, those that have already been through any kind of surgery or thinking of UVS mom. Or, or, you know, Pastor Joe's gone through it already. We think BH has probably gone through it by now. Um, people have had tumors removed um, and now are trying to recover. Father, may you just help them recover quickly. We hope um, Carmen's able to get um, her tumor removed or healed or radiated quickly. Juan Carlos still waiting for his surgery. God needs to be eating, needs to be building up his strength to touch him, God, as well. We pray for them. We pray for the difficulties, God, going on all over the place in these wars and these war-torn areas. Uh, can't imagine what it's like. Just continue to use our brothers and sisters that are over there ministering faithfully, especially Tony and Bernice and their kids, but the other Calvary Chapel pastors and the Calvary Chapel teams that are going up there, the different churches, helping out, helping get food and clothing and move people around. Father, we want to pray for those that came through the fire in New Mexico that are without homes, without land. And the, pray that now that the rains are coming, they'd finally put that fire completely out and that the, the damage would stop and no more homes would be consumed. So we, we, um, we thank you for all the work that's done, for all the firefighters and everything that was done there. But uh, we just bless you, Father. Bless you and thank you that <laughs> the damage wasn't worse and that the friends I know still have their homes still have their property, even though most of it's burned, but they still have it. So thank you for that. 
And we will give you the rest of this day, Father, and praise you and keep our minds set upon you because you are a good God. And we give you all praise and all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. That will do it. So we will see you guys tonight at 6.30. We are in the book of Second Samuel. We're still in what we just read back in chapter 7. So hopefully we will be able to spend that time together in the word of God then. God bless you all very much. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.